It was one of those nights. Dark. Cold. Like a good glass of milk. Not the two percent, but the real stuff. Whole milk. I was at my desk when I got this call. Hello? It was a voice I haven't heard in a long time. Brought back memories. Memories which reminded me that this podcast contains mature language, adult themes, mystery, deception, non-related construction items, manipulative attractive upper-class dames, a modified miniature vehicle with additional light fixtures, a vintage telephone booth, and very helpful, happy freshman bitches. Listen discretion is advised. Episode 95 A Dark Knight Detective Without Batman But here's a question Why was Bane wearing a jacket with his name on it? I don't know Hello and welcome to a very special and very relaxed episode of the Spark and Moore Review I'm your host Zahn saying hello And it's been a long time since I've been behind the mic But it's bad saying hey Was in hiatus for a while Which is understandable because things have been crazy in life And well... As this movie shows, sometimes you just gotta yeah. deal, with, deal with your problems head on. Don't take it to anything. That's the darn truth, man. Very true, especially with this movie. For those of you who joined us for the first time, welcome. You can check out any of our earlier episodes at www.spirekin.com. We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, we're on all those lovely things you can check out on our show notes. And you can email us at spirekin at gmail.com or me at zanspirekin.com. And, well, so first off, how are things going? Uh, they're going pretty weird for 2014. Uh, 13 was a cruddy, crappy year. But just this month alone showed that, hey, take a whole year and compile it into one month, and guess what you got? You want to wish for 2015 now. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it was just crazy, crazy and all that stuff. So, I mean, it's good to be back a bit and just to chill out, relax, and... uh have a little zany time. And also watch something different than what we're both used to. It was really something different. Yeah, this is something where it was not in my comfort zone in a sense, but it's one of those things where you have an intrigue interest of saying, all right, what is this about? You know, you need something out of the norm, something a little bit out of the forte. So, Out of your, as the new common phrase, out of your wheelhouse. If that's what they want to call it these days, I just call it way out of my league. Yeah, it's something different and unusual and... Especially with everything going on. And on my end, well, work's been crazy and everyone's all set because this week is the week when you got two mighty teams battling one another. Yes, yes. And what those teams would be? Well, let's find out, shall we? Well, we have the Broncos and we have the Seahawks. 
Yes, Super Bowl in New York with two teams that the only remotely close thing to having a Manning is for Bet Denver. And quite frankly, I don't even know if I'm watching the Super Bowl. Quite frankly. Not even for the commercials? Not even for the commercials. I could see it on YouTube if I want to. Same here. I'm usually the same way. I'm, I'm a little, I know football. I watch it, but one, neither, none of my teams are on there. Yeah. And two, it's just such a, well, honestly. I'm just surprised at the halftime show and who they got. Bruno Mars, Red Hot Chili Peppers doing a cover of Led Zeppelin. That did not interest me one bit, but hey, what can I say? It is what it is. Enjoy the show, guys. Let me know how it is. Well, and by the time we release it, it will already happen, and you guys will know who won, who lost, but. Hey, if your team won, congratulations. If your team didn't win, well... Hey, our team didn't win. Yeah, very true. So, what can you do? What can you say? Rigged game. No, if actually, if it was rigged, the Jets and the Giants would be in it. Which would have been awesome, actually. It would have been, but it would have been a rigged game, and everybody would have known it. Kind of like a World Series of 2000. Well, I won't go into that too much, but... Hey, hey, that was one of the greatest baseball... No. No. Anyway. Well, getting off topic, because yes. most are like, why are they talking about football? Well, you know, we just want to baseball, go. but that's well, I get a little cred that. there that we do like other things as well, especially with what's going on in life and the universe and everything. Are you awake yet, folks? Because we're not done yet. And also, since it is February and we're halfway through it, if you guys are part of the book club, remember you got 15 days to actually finish your books. We got some. Actually, no, it's February, so it's only 13. You got about to what? You got 14 days to read a book, and this is the first of the 14. Okay. So that means 13 days, technically, which means you better haul and uh, start reading, people. Start reading Reading either you got one, which is Red Velvet, or you have the other, which is um, The Art of Racing in the Rain, which is about a dog that thinks that an evil zebra is going to kill his master. Hey, I've seen Stranger Things. I've seen a snail going to Indianapolis 500. I've heard of that movie. I, it's actually on our list for next time. Not it was actually time. entertaining, but that's another time, another story. Especially, it's also bringing down the mood for this episode, because we're kind of relaxed, kind of chill, especially with what's going on now. Let's get it on. So, if you remember from the last episode, we rolled that one that only the Dodecahedron movies, and it dictated on this, but you're reviewing something a little different, a little more, shall we say, what would you say it is? It's definitely, especially if the podcasts that I've been in the past, it's totally different from what you would expect for me to review. But it's the kind of podcast where, check this one out, it's kind of an interesting little twist to what you would actually watch. Yeah, it's a reinterpretation of the genre film noir. It's a modern film noir, but instead of it being gangsters and mobsters and you got that whole 1930s thing, you got high school kids in the same situation. Yeah, with gangsters and mobsters and that kind of a thing. I mean, you even have the chief up his ass instead of it being a police chief, it's a principal. Well, not just any principal, an assistant principal. Well, we'll get to him in a moment. Yes, do not. But, so, first off, this movie was directed by Ryan Johnson. Now, this guy's awesome because he directed a movie called Looper, which is really good, even though the graphics are kind of weird, seeing a main character looking like Bruce Willis with CG. Mm. Well, you also got to give him credit, too, because he also directed something that uh, just recently has gone off the air that a lot of people were not happy about, and that was Breaking Bad. Yes, he directed the most popular episode of the series, Ozymandias, which is the best one. We talked about this a while ago, which is an episode which is impactful. So this guy is a great director, and I can't wait to see what he does next. Yeah, it's very interesting to see. Like A lot of people always aim for the main directors and executive producers. Like, you know, you got Lucas, you got Spielberg, you got Donner, you have you know a lot of names that are out there. J.J. Abrams as well. 
But this one here, Rian Johnson, definitely surprised me on this movie. Yeah, he also wrote in, wrote this film and produced it too. So we did, well, actually, Ram Bergman paid for it, but still, it's. Yeah, no, you want to give credit to people that actually do twice the work for a movie that you would never expect to be like one of those movies. Yeah, and unlike with something like, say, Tommy Wiseau's The Room, which was a terrible travesty in and of itself, this mm -hmm. worked. He actually succeeded with what he was trying to do, which is create this unique and interesting story, which is has all the beats of a film noir movie. Now, before we go any further with the cast, uh, we have... Just wanted to make a note that noir is actually another word for black or dark. But then again, you people out there already know what this is about, so it's quite frankly, duh... Well, for those of you who don't know, film noir was a style which was popular back in the day where it's a whole, it's got, where you don't have a main character who's, the, he's not Luke Skywalker. No, you have a, a balanced out cast. He's more like a... Everybody gets the attention that they yeah. need, especially for the plot itself, and that's a one way that a lot of movies should go these days, because when you centralize on one person, it's like, okay, can they do anything else more than just this? No, you want to see talent all around, because if that person looks good... That's because everybody else made him look good. And that person that's the main character makes everybody else around him look good. It should be a well-balanced kind of a movie. And also you have your main character who's severely flawed, which is a big staple on film noir movies. You have the guy who's, he's not the white knight. He's not the black knight. He's the guy who's like, I've been shit-canned and beaten up, but I'm still going to keep it on. Yeah. And I'm willing to do what needs to be done in order to get my mission across, whatever my thing is. Yeah, a, de a determinative character that wants to know what's going on and I will take every shot you got but I'll still come back and get you especially, to tell me what's going on. Yes, especially in this cast for the movie it's a lot of young actors. Oh, yeah. And most of them do really good. Now, first one we have is a kid named Noah Fleece who looks kind of like Eminem. So, yeah. And is it out? Yeah, he's roided out, he's a tough guy, he's a shoot-first-ask-questions-later kind of guy. Uh, he could be the star stream of, of an organization, except he's not smart enough, and he, he has too much of a short temper. Yeah, he's more of a fast, uh, like, what do they call him, quick-fuse kind of uh, guys. You want to lead, but you can't lead, because it's always shoot-first-ask-question-later, like I said before. So I would definitely not want him as a leader. Meanwhile, you have another character who's played by Lucas Haas, who's the reverse. He plays a very manipulative and intelligent character, but he's physically frail, and he looks kind of deformed, which is cool. Like he looked that. like a deformed version of Moriarty, which yeah. is kind of funny. I like the little cane he had. I think he swiped it off of the people from Duck Dynasty. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And also the fact that he's driving a car which has a lamp in it, a van which has a lamp in it. Yeah, I mean, what's up with the lamp? I mean, you have this pimped-out minivan, and it's like he's got a couch in the back kicking, you know, you got the back windows, you seem all relaxed. You pan to the main character, and there's a 1960s or 70s retro-style turn-on, turn-off twist lamp. Not one of those, like, fold-up ones where you can get at Home Depot. No, we're talking about the antique, classic, original, big lamp shade where your grandmother had the plastic wrapped around the shade itself and had to make sure that it was not going to come off the coffee table kind of lamp. It was scary. Also, more importantly than that, which was weird, is the whole his whole house and his like his whole den, if you will, was very seventies. Yeah, I also, agree. He he sat in his desk backwards. Yes. Which was weird. No, uh, not really, because there's been uh, stereotypical mob movies where the desk never faced the door; it always faced the back because you don't want that person to be revealed, or quite frankly, that's his way of saying you ain't really shit to me. So. 
I can have my back turned, and I know you're not going to do it then. It's like an intimidation factor, as far as, like, that kind of a setup is concerned. Then you have, I mean, it was true, and he did a good job with that. It's kind of intimidating. I like the coat. I definitely, I would like to that have one of those. Half the Sherlock, yeah. yeah, the Sherlock Holmes type coat. I liked it myself, personally. Next, you had our, 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 our character who played kind of the, either he's Watson or he's the girl Friday, because he had that kind of vibe where he was, like, he was awed by this, the main character, but he's a little bit kind of, make it a little... I kind of like him as the, I'm going to go with the whole uh, Watson kind of motif because of the fact that he was like, okay, I'm hooking you up with information, I'm letting you, I'm thinking my theories of what's going on with it, and the main character even knows that he's, he's kind of the brains behind it all. He's the guy that sets the pace of like, okay, if I was this thing or I was doing this thing, where would I go from here? So he was the logic thinker for the uh, two of them. Yeah, but he, he got bullied a lot by the main character. He, he, he did get bullied, yes. But he was, but in a sense, if you're bullying that guy, it's because you know he's a bigger threat than you are, mentality-wise. He was setting everything in motion for him to figure out. True. I mean, don't get me wrong, the main character was intelligent, but he knew that his buddy was a little bit more intelligent than he was, setting him up with the whole lineup of, okay, yeah, this is he what's had going the down. book smarts and the way to help him put all the pieces together. But he did a Rubik's see. Cube in under a minute. And then you You'll have, see what I'm talking about, guys. Yes, and then now we have the big man himself. We're talking about Richard Roundtree himself, the original the Shaft, playing pretty much the chief of the, of the school. He's a vice principal, but he acts like that cop who's going to... The stereotypical chief of police that sits back there and basically tries to bust your balls when the cop looks at him and says, Dude, no, I'm going to do it, but this is how I'm going to do it, and you're not going to intimidate me to do it any other way. He's like, well, I can get him off your back a little bit, but you got to do this for me. He's like, I, I love the fact that my favorite line in it, and... I'll keep it for later. Well, I'll say it now. I'll allude to it. Is the scene where he's literally saying, like, the cop thing was like, either, it's like, I'll leave or I'll throw my badge out. Like, you just take my badge or fuck you. Yeah, exactly. Was, out. And it's, that it's, was the kind of relationship that was based off of those two in that scene. It's like, I'm doing it my way. You don't like it? Here's my badge. Take it, bitch. And it's done. It's, uh, he does a great job, and I think you can see in it. The last two characters we got, our last three, the first one is, she's... Uh, well, Nora Zahetner, she plays a manipulative and attractive Heather, pretty much. Meh. I mean, she, she's, like, everyone's into her, everyone wants to be with her, and she has everyone wrapped around her finger. Even the main character, kind of. I don't know, that's that's a questionable situation, well, but I'll mention that later. He, well, he wonders about it, and he's like, at one point, he's like, I, I, I know I can't, but I want to. Yeah, it's the whole, I can tag her right now. But let me see where this goes first. That kind of an attitude. And on the other hand, you have Emily de Ravin, who plays our... She is the catalyst for the situation. She does a, she doesn't have a lot of screen time, but she's... Yeah, you didn't mention Femme Fatale number two. Or one. Oh, yes. Yeah, so we're talking about uh, Megan Good. But Megan Good, she... Was she good. She was a definite drama queen. Oh, yes. I mean, there were scenes where it was just like she acted all calm and cool. Then she had a breakdown scene. And as soon as that person left, she just went into whole. Okay, I'm back to normal. This is what's going yeah, on. Yeah, she was playing everybody, so no one get in trouble with her. And you're like, really? It's Everyone's although her choice of food, or actually the choice of her friends' foods, were very much so interesting. Um, very true. <laughs> it was fresh. Very fresh. Liquidy, maybe. Hey, fishy. True, but now it's just the, it's sort of the scene itself. It's like 
you know, you see the woman talking, and all of a sudden it's like, what the hell? You were doing all this while you were getting that going on? Really? And and nobody even flinched on it. It was just like, okay, this is what you do every day. So? Mm -hmm. But it was like one of those scenes where you got to appreciate the character and just be laughing about it because it's like, wow, I wish I could have gotten away with that in high school. I agree. It's one of those things you're like, oh, damn, I, she's, she's really lucky. She's really good because everyone likes it. Even the main character, like, I had to get out away from you. He's like, you didn't get away. Scott, you're like, oh, this girl hurt people. But oh, now, yeah. But now you have our main character, the guy who held the whole movie together, and you see the movie through his eyes. And this is the movie which I think showed that. That he has talent? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, he came a long way from being the kid from uh, Angels in the Outfield and from mm -hmm. Third Rock from the Sun. Who are we talking about? Oh, we're talking about Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Who we know from Dark Knight. Uh, Looper. Mm -hmm. He's gonna be directing the next uh, the Sandman, actually. Interesting. He's directing. He may be he's starring in it, so I can't wait to see how that goes. That should be a he little interesting. Also did Don John too, which I heard was really good. Yeah, I mean, looking at I thought it was looking at the commercial, it was funny as hell. Yeah. It's like okay, here's a player getting played, but I'm not gonna mention it anymore because that's a different movie at a oh, different yeah. time. And, and this, especially porn movie compared to this and. What is the name of this movie that we're talking about that we got to review? Yeah, it's called Brick. Yeah, it's the culmination of Ryan Johnson's obsession with old school detective novels and wanted to make this modern thing. And before I forget, we did have an early review of this at All Geeks Considered, where I go with you to film Noir Night. So if you want to hear that, the link is in the show notes. Okay. That episode, which is really good, just give a shout out to Vinny. But. With the name of the name of the title of the movie, actually, it does play a lot of ways, because you get you get think and say, okay, what's the purpose of the title, Brick? I mean, you find out what it's all about, obviously, but it's just like the play in the words. Like it could, you could assume it as any way you want. So, so the movie starts off with it works because it starts off with four words, but you don't know what it's about. Same thing with the title, and unless you watch the movie, you know what it's about. Four words in the movie which lead the mystery are Brick, Pin, Tug, and the Franco. When the movie starts in the Navy Express, it starts where you see a character being murdered, mm -hmm. the main character, Joseph Gordon Love playing this character named Brendan, kind of desensitized looking at this. Then it goes back and we get the, the whole, all the backstory about yeah, it. Yeah, it's a, it's a two days before kind of like thing. And it explains what led up to that. And it's not like one of these type of movies where it's like, okay, we're going to take you an hour and a half, two hours to lead up to this part of the movie. No, 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 no. It's going to keep going. Even when you think it's over, it's not going to end right there. Yeah, and it does it in a nice way. That isn't the end goal. That's the middle set piece. Cause it's not even. I, I, like When watching the movie, it was about a good uh, 30 minutes, and it's like that's when they popped up with it. And I was like, huh, okay, so the movie's still going. That's pretty interesting to keep it going the way it is. Yeah, it's a good set piece for where it was. And it's so crazy how everything worked out where it goes from that point because it, it escalates further. Because at first you're like, okay, now we know what happened, but now there's more questions. And it's more like with any good mystery, as you get more answers, you get more questions wondering what's going on. And it's not just based off, okay, this is what the whole situation was at the beginning of the movie. No, there's a lot more involved into it, and there's a reason why it is involved and why things happened the way they did. And it's just a manipulation. It's like a big mind fuck. Now, you're probably wondering, hey, how come you guys aren't doing your typical let's talk about 
this whole movie. The reason why is the whole aspect of this movie is it is the journey you go through with Brendan as he meets all these different characters and all the situation which goes on, which leads to that final scene, which we're not going to spoil. It's, it's yeah, I mean, normally, guys, with any other movie, you know, I'd go into my crazy tangents kind of uh, routine. But this is the kind of movie where, like I said, it's out of my norm, and I sat and I actually enjoyed the way it was. And for me to go into a tangent, okay, one tangent. What the fuck was up with that lamp in that van? I mean, come on, that was a 1970s lamp in a freaking 1998 minivan. And it wasn't like those fold-up. No, it's got to be one of those plug-in with the little knob on the top. Well, I thought it had one of the little... The little the Did it have a... I don't know. The, with the pull one, chain? Yeah, I think it had No, a I think chain. it didn't have a pull chain because if it had the pull chain, it would tip over and then you have a fire in the van. And we don't want that. He's got a nice little couch in the background. He's just sitting there like the Godfather. But aside from that, what the fuck was with the lamp? The cars come with lamps already in them. Why are you going to add an additional lamp from the 60s or 70s to brighten up the van even more. Have you ever heard of interior lighting, folks? I have. In fact, I got it in my car. But then again, what am I? The, the whole movie was like that, though. You have to admit. It's all over the place. It, it seems like you're in a place out of time. Like you have the phone booths. You have cell phones. You know they're old school cell phones. Vintage, stand-up, Clark Kent changes into Superman phone booths, yet the guy whips out a cell phone 20 minutes later. What's up with that? But then on the other hand, you have at his, at his house, he's got a rotary phone. Yeah, which is even crazier than crazy. So we've covered all three technological advancements of telephones, folks. We've got a rotary, we've got a push dial, and we got a cell phone. And we're still trying to figure out the era. Even though the movie was made in the 21st century, nobody knows what the fuck era this was. Which works to benefit... Oh, wait. In its defense, it was in California. True. And also you have the fact that, that the pin's abode looks like it's like the 1950s, but... You gotta give credit to the mom. She was such a great hostess, just like chilling out. Would you like some orange juice, homemade concentrate? Would you like some southern style orange juice? I even got a southern cup for you. I, I just love she's he's like just a fa he's like just a fax man, just like like Friday from Dragnet. Just oh, she was so polite and sweet until she like once she's done putting the orange juice down, she look at her son and be like, "Okay, I'm gonna go do something over there." Yeah, and it was like even I said it before she said it. it was like I think she's like I think I'm gonna go and it's like. Do something. <laughs> yeah, no, it was in the escalation. Like at the end, you see you're still there, and it's like I'm it's like milk and cookies. Anyone? It's oh. like you have mob scenes, and you're the hostess to a freaking Tupperware party. I'm surprised you're not like I'm gonna go out for a little bit. Uh, whatever his name, the pin's real name was in the I was. I swear, I was waiting for her to say something like, "Honey, before you murder your friend, just to let you know, your socks and underwear are folded in the top shelf over there on the right. Just FYI." That would have been crazy and fun. I doubt yeah. it, though. I mean, did you see the cookie that boy had in front of him, though? The old school big thick cookie. Yeah, I mean, I, I wanted that cookie. And then freaking Eminem in the background is just sitting there like, man, why come I ain't get no cookie, man? Shit, he got orange juice with freaking cereal. Oh, that's not even orange juice. That looked like Tang. Homeboy over there got himself a big-ass cookie, no milk. And I'm sitting in the background. Oh, wait, I forgot. I turned down the offer. Sorry. Yeah, and he's nice. He's nice to the mom and then... Well, Beat the crap out of you! Oh yeah, never... nice car he had though. Yeah, but I I think that um, Brandon when he tried to break into Tug's car, I think that Tug had every reason to beat the shit out of him. Well, the thing was, he didn't break it. He just, but then again, uh, yeah, if I saw somebody holding a giant ass thing, a cinder yeah. fucking block, yeah, and it's like, oh, you know, you ain't gonna destroy my car could have got a little fucking rock. No, we fixed up the fucking cinder block. It's like, but you know what? It caught his attention enough to have him come out. I think that, yeah, that's probably what he was going for. Was 
And you know what? I'm sorry, but when you have a nice car like that and you see a guy with a boulder ass cinder block getting ready to bash your window, I wouldn't be just power walking. I'd be power running like, no, hell no. You want to get to the guy before he even tries to lift it above his head to even try and break the window. No, he's like lifting up the rock, sees him coming, and it was like, I swear, maybe it was just me, but it was kind of like an episode of Monty Python and the Holy Grail where Lancelot just kept running up the hill and coming up the hill, and the guy's just standing there, and then he puts the rock out, and there comes Lancelot running up the hill and running up the hill, and he's looking at him like, okay, do I have time to run? And the guy's just running up the hill and running up the hill. It was one of those deals. Yeah, but this guy wow. was like super fast. Like he knocked him out and he's in the chair perfectly fine. Oh, yeah. Well, he was nice enough to carry him, though. Yeah, he beats the crap out of him, but yet he carries him all nice and gingerly, like, it's okay, little man. I got you. I'll get you. Okay, sit your ass down. But then he takes him back to his house. He's like, super nice. Like, You're my buddy. You're my friend. He's like, here, I'll give you the bed that I sleep on. Creepy! That mean, well, it seemed like he was, well, we knew he wasn't. Well, anyway, we're gonna he, be- it was like he wanted to say something, but he couldn't. Yeah. So, we'll leave it at that, folks. Well, yeah, we'll definitely leave it at that. Visuals are... Like we said, perfectly, they're shot like film noir, where you have a nice style, stylistic. Yeah, know, it wasn't too bright, it wasn't too dark, it was like a comfortable eye level, so where you don't fall asleep, because you know how certain lightings would actually mess with your eyes, and like if it's too bright, you'll be awake the whole time. If and it's it too wasn't dark. all fisheye lenses, but you did have one really cool scene, where it's, Brendan's not feeling well. And he's in the bed, and you see the whole... Oh, the fan. That was cool. That was a little mind trip right there. I was like, whoa. Because you felt like he was, but Brendan should have been dead at that point. I think internal bleeding, beatings, and he's like... Yeah, but to kill him off, then what's the point of having the movie? Very true. Soundtrack was surprisingly not there, which I liked. It was... For the style of movie that it was, wasn't too much, wasn't too... It was, it was very little, but it was... The kind of little where it was enough and it fit the movie itself. Yeah. So, I would say the soundtrack, on key with the movie, leave it as is, not really much of a complaint, because I think they wanted to focus more on the story than they did, like, background music. Because to me, if they would have overkilled it with background music, then it would have been like, alright, fine, yeah, whatever. I think the movie would have went worse with that. They went with this direction, I think that was a well-played maneuver on his part. I liked that it wasn't too overbearing, but I would have liked a little more. Just like if you, if it's at like three, I don't want it at ten, but I'd like it maybe at five, get a little bit more. But still, it worked for what the film was. The quiet mm-hmm. moments were quiet, the loud moments were loud. Um, I think it was like like I said, it's just concentrating on the scene more than anything else. I mean, you had your like like you said, background music. Could it have been a five? It could have been. I'm not sure if it would have worked. It could be a three. Definitely not a 10. Not for that style of uh, movie. I, you know, I mean, like I said, me personally, I, li- I thought it was a brilliant move to keep it very low-key as far as the background music and concentrate on the story because it did keep me awake and keep me aware of what was going on as far as the plot. Right. And, and I think it's also, like, it, in a sense, fits the noir style. Yes, it does. It has all that jazz. It had the jazz in it, which that was perfect detective story style. Oh, yeah. There is a guy just sitting in, on the side of the car wearing a Letterman jacket, and it says Bane. Yeah, and he is the stooge of one of the biggest douches in the movie. Who, well, gets his ass handed. I, I don't him. know if he even was uh, played by Brian J. White. He's not even worth talking about because he was just a doofus. The thing is, I don't even think he was the 
he quarterback because he kept saying, "Yeah, coach brought me. I would have won. I would have won." He almost seems like he's kind probably of, a defensive, uh, like a line. But he's always only because he's not good enough. But he thinks he's good enough. He's like, yeah. Yeah. He was just like one of those guys where you're thinking, okay, he's going to be a key player in the movie, and not really. He was just boring. And he got his ass kicked. Yeah. It was funny. No, actually, let me take that back. It was a, it was a believable fight. It's yeah. like, okay, here's a guy who's scrawny versus a football player. He's not, you know, like, you know, the football player's going, rah, rah, me tough, me start swinging, unga, unga. This guy's like, okay, I know physically he could probably beat me. How can I beat him? He used his brain. Goes for the leg. Go for the leg, and then he caught him in the end. To me, that was a more believable fight. Let's and stick. you don't say that much about movies, where it's like, okay, that fight was believable, or that fight scene just sucked. This one was actually a believable fight scene, where it's like, okay, he yeah, outsmarted him. Still, it looks like he gave him a Shuriken. <laughs> oh, yeah. Shuriken! <laughs> oh, you okay? Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, now, who would you say is your MVP for the movie? An LVP. Wow. Uh, I definitely am going to go with Joe Gordon Lovett. His character was well played. I, he took an ass kicking and a half. I agree. They did a great job with the makeup and him getting his ass kicked. Yeah. I mean, everybody else, don't get me wrong. I mean, th- this isn't the type of movie where it's like, okay, this guy is great and everybody else sucked. This actually, like, Joe Gordon Lovett played the part really well. He definitely deserved the MVP. But his cast of fellow actors, they all played a really good role in their in their movie and it was well balanced out. Everybody made everybody look good. It was an ensemble cast where they worked together and it was a great synergy. Everyone worked to fit a point. Even as you said, Brian J. White, he was a dumb character, but he was set there for a reason. He had a purpose. Yeah, even Richard Roundtree had a purpose. It was like, okay, yeah, you wanna sing the song, you know it. Jeff But he still played the part good. Played perfectly. Yeah. It was a well rounded off cast. Everybody, I thought, in the movie did a great, phenomenal job. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, like I said, gets the MVP because he did a hell of an acting job. I agree completely. Now, out of our five-point rating, I'm going to have to give this and because I don't see there's not there's not much. I, well, first off, there's not much I can see that they can improve upon this. Do you see anything they can improve on? Um, not really. I mean, as far as keeping it to that noir-style movies, I'd leave it as is. It's the kind of interest where if you're into that kind of thing, the noir style features, then yeah, I just leave it as is. Don't alter it in any way, shape, or form. Not the cast, not the soundtrack, not even the environmental backgrounds. I think it played out really good. It made sense, and it made the movie what it is. Out of our ratings, I'm just going to say right now, really, really, really fucking cool. Go watch this movie. I mean, I don't know if it'll hold up for a second viewing, but... In a sense, yeah, I'll agree with you. It's a really cool fucking movie. However, my thing is, is that it's not really, like I said, this is out of my element. This was the kind of movie where it's like, it was really awesome. Would I want to own it, though? Eh, I would say either it comes back on TV or if somebody happens to have it and say, hey, you want to watch this movie with me? I could say, yeah, I could do that. But personally owning it myself, you it's know. Worth watching once and uh, Watching once, it? giving it a couple of, you know, a couple of months or a year, you know, a year or two. And then, you know, or say, hey, you know, if you have somebody that's into it, hey, you know, you want to check out this movie? I checked it out. It was really good. Yeah, this is a recommendation film. You recommend it to friends to watch. Yeah. Really fucking cool. Owning it, though, it depends on if you're deep into this. Well, I bought it. I'm going to keep it. I I like the way it's filmed, and I'm going to show this to other people. I think that's this one of those things you showed people. Um, Overall, it's one of those things that's really good. 
and it's just something different. It's not a blockbuster film. It's not like it's not like Green. It's not like Green Mile. It's not like Shawshank. It's its own entity following the steps of movies past of noir detective style movies and. For a 21st century kind of a movie, I thought it was well done. It's a breath of fresh air, I think. It's yeah. something that's actually unique and different. It's now, not cookie cutter. Yeah. Now, the warning is, is that it's going to be a dry movie. Um, if you've already seen The Wolverine and you have your views on, like, you know, oh, it was either great or it was too draggy, I personally feel like the Wolverine movie dragged, but if it wasn't for, the, like, if it wasn't for Hugh Jackman, the movie would have sucked. I thought it was great with Hugh Jackman in it. Same concept with this movie. If it wasn't Joseph Gordon-Levitt, you know, I can't even say that because it, you know, it, it was so well written and so well casted. Even if they didn't get Joseph Gordon-Levitt to play it, depending on the actor, it could work with somebody else. It could flop with somebody else. So it's one of those tricky movies where you gotta, yeah, where it depends. It's a linchpin of what works, what doesn't. It's, it is what it is. It's something different. It's something unique. And I gotta say, check it out. Yeah, definitely check it out. Like I said, you want to go out of the norm for once, get out of your little comfort zone, check this one out. It surprised the hell out of me. I was really pleased with the movie. Hell, I barely did any tangents. I I was barely wired. Well, you were, like, enthralled with it. I know, because usually you're like, yeah, it's good to sort of get sight, and you're, like, set with it. But we digress. Yeah. So you may check out our other episodes of www.spyrocker.com or on Facebook or on Twitter. You can email us. All the information's in the email show. Email him. Email him. And I have a lucrative, crazy schedule, folks, so if you want to do a shout-out to him or shout-out to me, give it to him. Yes, just leave it at spyrocker.gmail.com or zanspyrocker.com. Yeah! You can leave it. Yeah! Um... Now, before I forget... He forgot. Yes, I did. Um, so what's that part you've all been waiting for? What are we talking about? We're talking about that one. That only. Oh, they can't hear you! Sorry about that. Let me try that again. Oh, what the hell? Dodecahedron. Of movies. For those who don't know, Dodecahedron is a 12-side object. What we're going to do is we're going to roll this Dodecahedron movies. We're going to know where lands on. That's reviewing the next episode of the Sparkin Movie Review, episode 96. Alrighty, I sense the power of the dough. Unfortunately, it's dodecahedron. I want a green cash dough, and spin for me, baby. And we've got a number eight. So, in the next episode, it looks like we're going to be reviewing something a little bit different, a little bit fun, something we've all been waiting for, a collaboration between two action stars from the 1980s. Wow. So, fans, guess we're going to be reviewing The Escape Plan. Wow. I'm impressed. Should be pretty cool. Can't yeah. wait to see it. I've, I've only heard about a little bit about it. But yeah, definitely. I gotta check that out. I didn't get a chance to see that either. Yeah, it should be pretty good. But this should be interesting. And it's starring a bunch of very famous actors, including Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone. Interesting. But anyway, so I guess that's it for this episode. Um, thanks for coming back, Daz. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. You know, it's been maybe I'll go into hiatus again. Maybe I'll swing by. We'll see. Depending on the movie that you want, maybe we'll see. Um, so... Nah, these people don't want me back anyway. I think they were happy with me gone, so... Nah, I don't. Well, I... A lot of yeah, people, yeah, you just said, yeah, yeah, they were. So, like, shut no, the fuck no. up, get the like, fuck out. I was like, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot yeah, of people okay. were, were asking about you, wondering what happened. They thought you were abducted by aliens. That's what, that's what I accept, you were abducted by greys. Nah, the only greys I got abducted by is the ones on my face. But, what the hell. No, nah, truth, guys, like I said, I have to go on hiatus for a bit. Uh, maybe I'll swing by again. See what's going on. 
may even see me at uh, something next. I don't know. Maybe something in June. We'll see. Uh, and this is Baz. And my favorite part of the line of the movie is... Hey, is there a fight? Yeah. <laughs> and this is your zone. Let's back from review. My favorite quote from 2005's Brick is going to be... Okay, Brandon. I've been looking to talk to you. Man, you've helped this office out before. No. I gave you chair to see him eaten, not to see you fed. Fine. Very well put. Accelerated English, Mrs. Kasprzyk. Tough teacher. Tough, but fair. Okay. We know you're clean. And you've... Despite your motives, you've always been an asset to this office. And you're a good kid. Uh-huh. I want to run some names past you. Hold it, we're not done here. I was done here three months ago. I told you then I'd give you Jer, and that was that. I'm not your inside line, and I'm not your boy. That's not very... You know what I'm in if the wrong Yeg saw me pulled in here? What are you in? No. And no more of these informal chats, either. You got a discipline issue with me? Write me up or suspend me. And I'll see you at the parent conference. Hold on! That's it for this episode. Thanks. We're gone, Phil. Catch you guys next time. Leave your home Change your name Live alone Eat your cake Blend a lie, cry baby, cry Oh, the water's rising Still no surprise in you Then the light, cry baby, cry Man, it's all been forgiven Swans are swimming I'll explain everything to the geese
I didn't know. Tell me if they catch. Brick? No. Tug? Tug might be a drink. Like milk and vodka. Pin? You know the kingpin. Dope runner, right? Big time. What are you gonna do? She asked for my help. I just want to know if she's okay. So what's first? I'm gonna start shaking things up. No, sir, never seen him. And he just hit you. They asked for my lunch money first. Good thing I brown bagged it. You're coming into a certain situation. It's twisted. I'm looking for Emily. He left her? Yeah, I did. You better be sure you want to know what you want to know. Complicated. Everyone's got their thing. When the upper crust does shady deeds, They've got symbols, so they can tell each other that we're getting around. Coffee and pie. Coffee and pie? Oh, my. Keep up with me now. You got a cigarette? I don't smoke. I've seen you smoke. I don't smoke cigarettes. I thought we had orange juice. I'm sorry. Water's fine, ma'am. Thanks. Oh, wait a minute. We have apple juice. It's country style. If I get to the bottom, whatever this is. What do you want? Just to see you sweat. And it gets too hot. You got a discipline issue with me? Write me up or suspend me. I see that you're trying to help her. And I don't know anybody who would do that for me. You are dangerous. I set out to know, put her on the spot. I put her in front of the gun. There's not much chance of coming out clean. I could write you up for talking back to a VP and for looking at me in that threatening way. I would exercise a little tact, Mr. Fry. You can't pull a stunt like that unless there's something I need you for. So is there? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe there's something you need from me. Maybe. All right, I need you off my back completely for the next few weeks. 
There might be some heat soon. If it's something I can't cover, I won't go to bat for you. If I get caught like that, it's curtains anyway. I can't have brass cutting me favors in public. Just letting you know now so you don't come kicking in my homeroom door once trouble starts. Okay. Okay, here's what I can do. I won't pin you for anything you aren't caught at. But if anything comes up with your prints on it, I can't help you. Also, if I get to the bottom, whatever this is, and it gets too hot, and you don't deliver, Beep's gonna need someone to turn over, police-wise. And I'll have you 